There's a lot of unnecessary angst this week, I feel like. <laughs> um, definitely for sure. Julia, what are you drinking tonight? I am finally drinking my gin and tonic, not a tequila and tonic. I got it right this time. I'm so proud of you. What are you drinking? Oh, thank you. I'm drinking um, Huckleberry Wine from Silvara Cellars in the Cascade Mountains because that's as Washingtonian Yum. as you can get. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's good fruity wine. It's just, this is like I'm my sixth bottle now. of it. I'm looking at it now while we podcast and I can tell everyone, all two listeners, that it is a very pink drink. Like it looks more like it should have raspberry in it and not fermented grapes. Yeah, I would say this looks like if you combined a Cosmo with rosé, then you yes, get this. Exactly. Or you put some cheers. of that um cheers. You put some of that like grenadine into a rosé and just made it a little bit extra pink. That's what this looks like. Which is funny cuz huckleberries are purple, but whatever. <laughs> How has your week been, Julia? It sounds like you've been busy. Oh my gosh, I have been so busy. I had a five-hour group meeting today for one of my major classes, and I had another, like, three group meetings during the week. You know, group meetings are so draining. Yeah. I'd, like, versus just, like, a partner activity or obviously just working by myself it's so much nicer I mean future employers listen I love working in groups right but like in class when you're in school and you know everyone's scattered it is so hard to figure out times to meet and then you're meeting at like the weirdest times during the day oh my gosh that's my week it's a mess (laughs) yeah that's that's fair my week has been Busy with work, per usual, constantly grinding away at work, and it is never ending, but I do hopefully see an end in sight soon to the project I'm wrapping up, and we kick-started my new project this week, um, which I'm really excited about, so that's been fun, and then I finally got to see my dad and my stepmom and my little sister um, today for the first time since I've been home because we were being overly cautious to make sure that I was extra quarantined and safe before I saw them. So, um, yeah, now it's nice to, like, finally be reunited with all my family. And I have tentative coffee date plans with a friend from high school. So no way. Yeah, her and I were talking about how Midnight Sun is a... (laughs) trash fire (laughs) and how excited that makes us that we get more twilight trash fire in the world and we were just like chatting and she's like you're back in washington and i was like yeah i am so we're gonna hopefully go get coffee sometime in the near future so very exciting fun yeah which by the time this podcast comes out i me neither me neither but she was giving me the lowdown um and she was like here's what you can look forward to and i'm like great um but i mean i'm sure by the time this episode is actually released Hopefully that coffee, <laughs> that coffee catch up has happened because yeah. otherwise I'm a very bad friend. <laughs> but we'll That'd see what happens. Awkward. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially if she finds this podcast on Twitter and she was like, you never called me. Sorry, Chantel's friends. 
whoops. Um, but no, it's it's been a, a good, a busy but good week for sure. But, all right, chapters four through six is what we're discussing this week of The oh Concealed. Boy. More melodrama. Um, more so almost than in chapters one through three, which is kind of crazy. But I feel like Evelyn's getting slightly smarter. Like, just a, yes. a little bit. Um, so excited to dive into all of the details surrounding that. So why don't you kick us off with chap- the description synopsis of chapters four and five? Okay, so I should preface this by saying I was falling asleep reading this, so it's gonna be a rough time out here. Like, forget a drunk summary. This is just a sleep-deprived summary, <laughs> which is probably even worse. While drinking, so it's great. While drinking, so it's, you know, the best of both worlds, you could say. <laughs> okay, I would like to thank Chantel for aiding me with the summary. <laughs> So we start off with Evelyn waking on time for class at 6 a.m. bright and early, which, you know, that's ridiculously early in my view, but whatever. She wanders around campus and remarks for a long time about how beautiful campus is at 6 in the morning, which that's what every morning person says. (laughs) She is so predictable. And then she runs into Jared and groundbreaking, we hear his words right we haven't heard anything from him i don't think yet no he's we've just been ogling him from afar (laughs) so we finally get him to introduce himself or get him to introduce himself to her and it turns out he is running of course because that's what people at 6 a.m do is they go running and he has an entire entourage i think it was three other guys with him or maybe it was four other guys of course because they don't run in ones right Um, and they're all kind of looking at her her strangely, but anyway, so she moves on and gets coffee and runs, of course, into our favorite, (laughs) Felix, (laughs) Uh, awkward laugh, uh, in the coffee shop. And she, first of all, she orders a coffee to go, which, okay, but then he's like, let's sit down and talk. And of course he does all the talking. I hate that so much. Um, and they end up going to the first, I know, they end up going to their first class of the day, which is motivational psychology, which something funny about having motivational psychology first thing in the morning. Like, I think I need that. Um, and I believe he ends up talking the entire class and that redhead that we still don't know the name of is just giving them the worst glares from across the room. Um, and finally the class ends. This redhead just storms out, basically. Like, she is clearly not going to be making amends with Evelyn anytime soon. Well, but she tells Felix to shut up. And Evelyn is like, just to be extra petty, Evelyn's like, now I'm going to talk to Felix for the entire class just to make this girl upset because she made me (laughs) mad yesterday. So Evelyn is not innocent in all of this, at least in motivational psychology. None of them had the correct motivations, I think is what we learned in motivational psychology. I think I need to look up a little bit more about this motivational psychology now. I'm very interested. Um, So Felix, of course, goes to her classes with her and they end up meeting Sally for lunch. Of course, because that's what they do. They have a whole routine down now. Good for them. 
Um, and then Evelyn goes to her next class where Felix is not a classmate, thank God, <laughs> and finds that Jared is waiting for her, holding the door open. And she just kind of stumbles, doesn't really know what to do until everyone starts yelling at her to move out of the way. <laughs> and they end up sitting together and they we learn that Jared is a runner and Evelyn is a very dedicated swimmer, which she goes on about for like a couple sentences about how much she loves the water. So, uh, hint, hint. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Jared kind of feels a little bit weird when she mentions this whole water love and brushes her off basically for I really think a couple of chapters yeah um, well he doesn't talk to her for the rest of the class and then she just yeah never hears from him yeah. <laughs> again. hot and cold dude um so our favorite redhead trips her out of on the way out of class of course because that's what we do in Oxford is trip our classmates yep um <laughs> and then Sally Felix grab her and you know basically diffuse the situation oh yes and we learned that her name is madison what a perfectly horrible name Ma- sorry to all the madisons out there but i've never we heard love of you madison I'm yeah sorry. be the one person one madison who is not mean please uh so yeah madison clearly has a crush on jared and yeah gets mad at anyone who is possibly near him um yeah and felix is grumpy again she was talking to jared clearly madison and felix same problems their their crushes are talking to other people to they should just hang out together yeah and then leave everyone else alone that would be really nice i agree so then oh this is my favorite part evelyn does laundry and we get this whole like two pages of her going down to the laundry room comes across these two girls that are like fighting and the RA is there and has to go and save the two girls from scratching their eyeballs out I just thought it was so great it's like a little epic in two pages about doing laundry anyway then she goes to the the library supposedly leaving her laundry behind but that's a whole other thing for later and she feels a literal shock from a book that she is passing by in the library. Turns out it is the family history of the Comberies, our favorite Jared Comberry. Um, and she goes through the entire book, or most of the book, about their history and realizes she's been there for three hours and then basically gets kicked out of the library. But in the book, she learns about what was it, Eowyn and Murden and all these other Comberies, um, and all of, basically how half, more than half of the kids all died, and there was only really one surviving kid in the end who had heirs. Very interesting. Uh, and then she tries to check the book out when she's getting kicked out of the library, and yeah, no can do, ma'am. Sorry, it's a non-circulation book, so she has to leave empty-handed. And that's the end of, oh, and she has a dream about Eowyn and Meriden, and that's the end of chapter four. And then, going into chapter five, everyone loves probably my great summary here. I think you're doing great. I really am enjoying it. I'm wrapped. Um, so, let me, let me get to chapter five, so I have some, uh, things to go off of. So, chapter five, Evelyn Go, she wants to learn more about the Combray's history since she didn't get to finish it last time. Um, and she's kind of on a hunt 
to get back to the library as soon as possible. Like she just feels this like tug of needing to finish it. But of course she runs into our favorite Felix. <laughs> favorite Felix. We really love him, especially right now. Um, and decides that he's going to escort her to the library to give her a tour of the library, even though she's making it pretty clear that she doesn't really want to go to the library with him. Um, she doesn't outright say it. Very British. Never really Yeah, she's super says, British. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that ends up happening for later in the day. Uh, but first she has classes, and she skipped her last one because um, she wants to have her precious time with this damn book. Um, but it's not there when she goes back. And she asks the librarian if she can find the book, but... The book has just disappeared out of thin air. Uh, and then we meet Colin in the library, and he kind of grills her a little bit. Um, but he is Jared's friend, and he is a lot nicer, I think, than Jared. At least that was my impression. Um, and yeah, Flat Out tells her to trust him, which questionable, but okay. And that he is, quote, on her side which she also has no idea what that means. So he tells her to visit Mayflower. Do we know what that is? The professor Karen Mayflower. Oh, yes, that's right. The one who was like, Nimway, and ran out of the classroom. Oh, my gosh. Um, So, boom, Felix asks her out on a date. Evelyn invites Sally because, whoa, Felix, please just put the brakes on, you know? Sally sees Colin at this bar and, like, she's pretty explicit that she's super into him. <laughs> like, doesn't hold back at all. Nope. She's ready to jump oh. him. Like, Evelyn's like, whoa, hold on. I don't know him that well. And Sally is like, you are going to introduce us whether I murder you or not. So <laughs> she, she, if Colin is playing pool with Jared at that point when they're talking about him and... They make, Jared and Evelyn make eye contact, and boom, whoa, suspicious, suspicious, all of the lights go out in the bar. And, like, apparently not a huge deal. Everyone kind of gets over it super fast because, quote, it's a fuse, which, um, sir, I think that your fuse needs some work. If not how fuses work. The entire bar. <laughs> um, yeah, and then in the blink of an eye, Jared is gone. Suspicious. <laughs> so then Evelyn introduces, finally, Colin and Sally, much to Sally's delight. Poor Colin, but maybe, you know, maybe Colin's going to be into it. We don't know. Um, and Felix and Colin kind of have a... a I, won't, I don't want to say a polite fight. It's not very polite, but it's not, like, all at war. But, like, they're clearly not going to be friends. Especially when Felix finds out that Colin, Colin is Jared's friend. Um, and that... Basically, Felix thinks that Jared throws money around. Uh, yeah, Evelyn kind of bums about <laughs> I love this. Evelyn bums thinking about her family um, and the, the, the four play, play pool until the whole war happens. And that's the end of chapter five. It's great. So good. Yeah. So little happens, yet so much. <laughs> 
It's like kind of packed in. So much angst. It's insane. Um, well, that's like all of the, this whole book just is as long as it is because we're just like sitting in Evelyn's feelings for hours and it takes so long to wade through them to get to actual plot, but I love it. I'm here for it. Well, I just love the two pages in chapter four of the laundry laundry excursion. Like, (laughs) girl, (laughs) it's an experience, (sighs) I guess. That is true. That is true. Um... So moving on to chapter six, which I am giving the synopsis for because Julia kind of fell asleep during it, but that's fine. We'll catch yes. her up to speed on what happened. Um, so we have a, our another time jump in chapter six. So we're time jumping about six weeks ahead from where we were in the last study date that the three of them had. Evelyn's actually adjusting well to Oxford life. She's feeling super happy and peppy about everything, except for one thing. Jared still isn't speaking to her anymore. And she's, like, really torn up about it. Like, for the fact that they had one conversation and he opened one door for her and then he freaked (laughs) out because she's a swimmer, she's really hung up on this guy. (laughs) Which any guy who holds a door open for me, I'm also kind of like... Our standards are so low. Like, that's sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, same. But low standards that women have. It's so sad. So other, Jared's still ignoring her and she's bummed about it, but they have um, their weekly Thursday study night and normally they study at Sally's house because her mom's working and it's like quiet, but Felix had promised them um, that they wasn't going to be a party in his, that there wasn't going to be a party in his dorm, so they go to study in his dorm, but a party's happening. So thankfully it's on the ground floor and not on his floor, so they're able to study pretty decently for a couple of hours and... They all study stats for a little while, and then Felix asks them if they want to go to the party. Evelyn clearly wants to be a party pooper and say no, but she feels peer pressured, and so she goes to the party anyways. (laughs) And as soon as they get to the party, Sally leaves to go flirt with Colin and just try to find him, because she really wants to, like, make that work. Oh, boy. And Evelyn's like, ooh, Colin's here. Maybe Jared is here, because she's not over her obsession. And instead of finding Jared immediately, she runs into Madison. And Madison looks super angry, per usual. I think that's her only facial expression. Um, But she's angry because it's clear that Jared has seen Evelyn and is coming to talk to Evelyn at this party. And then he's super weird. And he's like, are you happy? Which is a very strange question to ask someone at a dorm party. But, you know, Jared's a weirdo. And I love a good weirdo. Um... She asks him the same question instead of answering, and he says he's not, because how can you be happy if the thing you desire most will lead to your doom? Which, (laughs) melodrama, Jared, my goodness. Um, And then Evelyn feels bad because he seems so sad, so she holds his hand, and there is a moment happening between the two of them. And they're, like, uh, her heart is racing. He's breathing hard from holding hands. So clearly these two have some kind of a very strange connection. And then he just walks away. Madison makes a snarky comment. And then Colin interjects and tries to, like, smooth everything over. And Colin tells Evelyn that he doesn't want her to give up hope for Jared. Because Jared's under a rotten influence. Which, like, he's a big boy. He should be able to make his own decisions. 
but okay. Apparently, um, this rotten influence is putting nasty ideas in his head and, like, making him believe things that aren't true, but Colin can't tell Evelyn any more details. He shouldn't have told her that much in the first place. Felix then grabs her forcefully to yank (laughs) her away from Sally and Colin so he can talk to her more, and Evelyn's like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going home. So she decides to walk home, and Felix can't convince her to stay. Madison grabs her on her walk home in the dark, which scares the crap out of her, and tells her to stay away from Jared, and then shows Evelyn her tattoo on her wrist, which is of the Convery crest. So she has Jared's family crest tattooed on her arm, which is very creepy. Very weird. Like, if you're not in some secret society, that's weird. So I better hope that she's in some secret society, because otherwise I'm it's, very concerned. It's the cult of the Converse. <laughs> uh, it is the cult of the Converse, that is true. Um, and out of nowhere, Jared shows up and just tells Madison off that the two of them will never end up together, and that he wants her to leave Evelyn alone, and then he walks Evelyn to her dorm. Aw, adorable. And they just, every time they're near each other, they're, like, having heart palpitations because they just keep having such intense reactions to each other's presence. And that's pretty much the end of chapter six. Um, Nothing happens. Not like they, like, make out in front of her dorm or anything. They just, like, stare at each other and then, like, their hearts almost explode. (laughs) It's adorable. The of chapters four, five, and six is just, it's just Jared... And Evelyn constantly staring at each other. Like, that's it. That's the whole summary. That's all you need to know. And Sally and Colin are and adorable. Sally and Colin. I'm about to become, like, a power couple out here. I support it. I stand it. I'm here for it. Um, and Felix is still really creepy. Yep. He can leave and he can exit. Maybe, like, he and Madison can have a whole side thing. I don't care. <laughs> They seem like they would be good for each other. It wouldn't be toxic at all. Nope, not one bit. They're perfectly normal and fine. It's fine. (laughs) Everything's Um, fine. Everything's fine. It's totally fine. Anyways, let's get into our commentary. I know we both have many thoughts about these chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, why don't you kick us off? What are your thoughts on chapter four? Well, first of all, I said this in the summary, but this is the first time we hear Jared speak. And, like, I'm gonna be honest here, not impressed so far. No! Like, (laughs) he's like a child, the way he speaks. It's just so, like, (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, but where's the eloquence? Like, how did you get into Oxford? (laughs) When was the last time you talked to a 19-year-old boy? Like, I understand. Maybe you're a little fluster. I mean, that's true. That's really true. They aren't very eloquent in the first place. I mean, they're not no. really eloquent. Elegant or eloquent, for that matter. <laughs> Until maybe, like, in their 30s, I would hope. I, we haven't quite gotten there, so I can't say from experience. But, um, yeah. So, Jared, you better step up your game. Because all I'm getting right now is, like, a whole lot of sparks, which... Like, okay, it's literal chemistry between these two, but I want to see some, you know, I want to see some nice chemistry. Like, give me some bonding moments. I'm waiting for it. Like, Jared, I believe in you. They held hands. I have not given up hope yet. 
In chapter six. That was really a bonding moment. That was like, that was like Evelyn was a zombie holding out her hand to him and they were like, (gasps) and then Jared was like, no. (laughs) That was it. Okay, but so here's the thing. Like, anytime the two of them are around each other, there's clearly magical influence. Like, the the mad, quote-unquote magic is so strong, which it's corny to say that because everyone's like, my relationship is magic. But, like, legit, their relationship is mad. Like, there's magic happening. See, that's one thing that I don't understand. Like, is it the two of them when they're together and making that contact? Or is it, like, Jared? Or is it Evelyn, you know? Um... I'm not going to tell you that. Okay, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to make a guess to look back at this later, and I'm going to say that it's the two of them together doing it. That's interesting because does that mean that separately they have nothing, but together they are powerful? Ooh, ooh, I like that. Mm. I'm not going to say something one way or the other, but I like that interpretation. I love a good power couple. Well, I can't spoil anything. <laughs> That's cheating. They would be, yeah, they would be a literal power couple. They're creating power. <laughs> now, um, the problem is it's not power that it seems like either of them can control. Yeah, so, that's true. Because, like, even when we first meet Jared, right, like, there's, a, Evelyn gets caught in a snowstorm just for her, and then it <laughs> settles. Like, that's, uh, the lights go out in the bar because they lock eyes. Plot twist, it's actually Felix who has the magic, and it's him getting anxious about Evelyn and Jared. And so every time something bad happens, it's actually Felix having a bad reaction. Oh, so we think that one at 6 a.m. then was him just, like, having a nightmare about the two of them kissing? I mean, it could also just be Felix stalking her. Maybe Felix is the stalker. We don't know. No, we definitely well, you do. Know, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but Felix did in the first, in like chapter three, right? He showed up at her class and had no way of knowing yeah. that she was there. So I'm, I'm, and then he showed up at the coffee shop. Too is omnipresent. That's worrisome. I don't like yeah. someone with that many anger management issues to be on. Yeah, <laughs> omnipotent <same>. in any way. <laughs> I, I have a, it written down here. Felix is getting feisty. Felix is everywhere. And then I have Why You So Obsessed With Me by Mariah Carey as the theme song for chapters four and five. <laughs> Which both works for Felix being obsessed with Evelyn and yes! Evelyn being obsessed with Jared. And maybe That's also so Jared being obsessed with Evelyn. We don't know. That is my lone note for chapter six. It literally says she is doing to Jared what Felix is doing to her. It's true. <laughs> this girl. I mean, at least she's not being like super creepy about it. Felix is just being like too much. Too you much. Know? She's, she's kind of just she's so much, much more reserved. She's just curious. Right. So I also like the way Evelyn describes Jared. So I'm I'm almost hurt that you're not into Jared yet. Because I feel like the way Jared is described is, like, perfect. Like, he just seems so lovely. Um, See, that's why I don't like him. I don't like, like, perfect characters. So I'm waiting for him to, like, show something else, you know? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, He's pretty perfect. (laughs) Um, But no, like, even, like, she's, he literally just says, 
hi. And she's like, he asked this with such empathy. My legs almost gave way. And I'm like, all he said was hi. And then he asked why you were crying because you were crying. That's like, Evelyn, stop falling in love with every boy that walks past you because I'm worried about you. Like, you're going to get yourself into a bad situation. Because even with Felix, Felix is rough. And Evelyn was like, but he's kind of cute, though. And it's like, no, Evelyn, (laughs) don't do it. Also, their coffee shop, this is, like, completely unrelated to the actual book, but, like, the old-fashioned breakfast cafes with the dark wood paneling, there was this coffee shop on campus in Philly that I used to love called Hubbub Coffee, and just, like, reading that, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in Hubbub, where I used to go there and run into people, and then we'd sit down and have coffee and just sit and talk. And it was so nice, and now I just really want Hubbo coffee, and it, I was sad all week because I couldn't go there. I don't think my undergrad had a coffee shop like that. Like, everyone was, because we didn't really have a campus, so everyone right. just went wherever the heck they felt like going, you know? I feel like I've missed out, because, like, all of these college things always have this, like, oh, that's, like, the coffee shop everyone went to, or that's the pizza. I mean, I guess we had a pizza shop that everyone went to. It's just not quite as romantic as a coffee shop. It's not the same. Like, you don't have that same college vibe. Like, I get it. Um, It's, ugh, I don't know. We were at a very, very city-based college, and that showed in that sense. It's true. Um, That is, you were in a very city-based college oh so oh. speaking of felix's conversation in the coffee shop we weren't speaking of that but i'm speaking of that no but that was a weird conversation i'm sorry who unloads their entire yeah. life story after knowing someone for a day uh, felix i like part of me is wondering if this is if he's just being really creepy if he really just needs friends like, he has no one else to talk to, or if he was, like, trying to build trust in, like, this is, like, how many weird YA novels I've read, right? Like, maybe he has an underlying tactic. He's lying about his past to get her to trust him. Well, I don't think it's trust. I think it's pity. Maybe. I think he's trying to build pity so that she feels bad for him and will date him. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I'm, he's like his him. alcoholic dad and his mom having to take a second job to send him mm-hmm. to school and like how much he loves his mm-hmm. brother even though they're poor. And I'm like, he wants pity. Yeah. He wants a pity makeout session or pity that's sex. So like true. that's what he wants. Ooh, I hate that. I hate and that. it makes me viscerally uncomfortable. Like I just mm-hmm. reject everything that Felix is. It makes me so upset. And then, like, Evelyn, dear God, she's trying, In once they're in class, right, Felix is still talking about nonsense. Madison tells them to shut up. And then Evelyn's like, well, I'm going to own this conversation just to piss off this redhead girl. <laughs> so Evelyn, Evelyn is just, like, talking about her dorm room. And I'm like, can you describe anything but your bedroom? To this boy who is clearly obsessed with you. Like, girl, <laughs> anything else? Just, like, please stop talking about your bed because no wonder his ears get all perk uppy and he's like, ooh, yes, I want to hear this girl talking about her bed in great detail. Like, it's just so... And maybe that's just because now I'm an old person that I'm like, this is not appropriate. <laughs> but it made yeah. me so uncomfortable. The only people that can really talk about that are, like, interior designers. That's it. Right. Otherwise, it's kind of a weird 
conversation topic. And everyone's dorm looks exactly the same. So, like, yeah. why would you be Which just when she goes to his dorm later, right? And she's talking about how he, like, doesn't have a bathroom. She's like, oh, how scandalous. And I'm like. She's like, I like what? having a smaller room if it means I get a bathroom. I'm like, Evelyn, you need to find other things to care about. <laughs> Girl, there are more important things going on. Yeah, she has some weird, weird likes very strange it's uh so uncomfortable but you know on the bright side we always have sally calling felix out on his shit right mm-hmm. so she's just like are you following evelyn's every step now or what and then evelyn's like tact was not really sally's strong suit i'm like sally is trying to warn you her and felix are not actually friends yeah they don't get along at all <laughs> so like She's warning you to get out, and you are just blissfully ignoring her. Well, and I like that we get a reminder every chapter that, like, Sally and Felix don't get along. No. Like, it's made clear that they don't get along. Every single chapter, there's a reminder of that. And still, Evelyn's like, oh, I'm so happy I have a friend group. Like, Sally and Felix, they're so great. And I'm like, this is the most dysfunctional friend group I think that you could possibly have. Well, and the only reason that Sally and Felix or in a study group together, is because it's a plot device. Like, otherwise the two of them would not be caught dead talking to each other. Yeah. Which is like forced plot devices like that. Not my favorite thing, but I'm willing to overlook it for this book because we recognize that this is not literary (laughs) award winning. It's a flawed book. Yeah. I enjoy it. It has its flaws. I also, once she started talking to Jared and he starts talking about, like, all of his running, I realized why last week I was so into, like, his athletic, non-athletic bod. And I was like, ah, it's because he's a cross-country runner and those are the boys I've always dated. And so that, like, very lanky, non-athletic athleticism is the kind of boy I've always been into. And I'm like, yes, why I like Jared makes sense. Well... I don't remember, I think I was reading this in a book actually, and then I looked it up online to verify, but there's a psychology thing, I don't know how true this actually is, where if you're more intelligent, you're more likely to be attracted to somebody who's not necessarily muscular, like they're probably a little bit skinnier or they're just not as athletic, um, versus somebody who isn't necessarily not as intelligent, but doesn't maybe care, isn't as bookish. Um, Mm -hmm. They're more likely to be attracted to somebody who is physically, like, fit um, in a traditional sense, which I thought was really interesting. Well, I I guess that kind of makes sense too, right? Because that's, like, basic Mm -hmm. human evolution. Someone that's super fit is likely going to be someone that's able to protect you and take care of you and provide for you. Um, Like, survival of the fittest kind of a thing. So women who aren't necessarily super literary, maybe drawn to that. And then those of us who read way too many fiction books and fall <laughs> in love with the Mr. Darcy's of the world are like, oh, yes, I want the silent brooding one in the corner who looks like yes. he doesn't speak to anyone. What a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. It's interesting. Anyway, That's... fun fact of the day. <laughs> oh, I love that. Psychology. That's... We love psychology here, right? Motivational. We do. We love we love good psychology. That is true. I'm going to make a note. I'm going to look up motivational psychology for the next podcast. So I'm interested in this now. 
Okay. I think that's a good good point. Now, I would like to talk about my favorite part so far of the book, okay. which is the laundry scene. Okay. Like, I just love this laundry scene. It's two pages long about her going to the laundry and, like, what she passes along the way. It's such an adventure to me. Like, this could be an entire adventure story. But, like, why does she leave her laundry in the laundry machine? I don't get it. Why? I don't get it either. Especially. I this, like, yeah. I just, I have a thing where, like, I, PTSD, right? You, you've read my notes. I have PTSD with laundry where people take out the laundry when it has finished, but you haven't taken it out yourself yet. And then they just throw it onto a table nearby because now they want to use the laundry machine. So your underwear and everything is out on the table for everyone to stare at or possibly steal. Like, I'm sorry. She left her laundry in the laundry machine. It's true. What? And she was at that library for three hours. Her laundry was definitely done in that time. And she never came back to it. <laughs> she didn't. So that's my rant for the day. That's, I mean, listen, completely fair. I had many more things about chapter four to say. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, yeah, she's, Evelyn's time management is just fascinating in general. Like, I don't really understand how she organizes her day. Um... I also, like, I'm still so hung up, and this, I guess, goes throughout all the chapters, but I'm still so hung up on, like, how clueless Evelyn is about everything. Not her fault. Like, there's no way she would know all the information about what's going on. But, like, Jared clearly knows information about her that she doesn't know about him. Like, they are not on an even Mm -hmm. playing field. And she's like, I like to swim. And he's like, you're the devil, basically. (laughs) And she's like, what did I am I not allowed to like swimming? Is something wrong? And like, she has no idea what's going on. And clearly, Jared knows something about her, right? We've already heard her compared to Nimue. So she's probably somehow, some way associated with Nimue. And that's not a good thing for whatever is going on in Jared's brain. So she's like freaking (laughs) out. And he like knows. He knows he shouldn't be spending time with her, but he can't help himself. He's, like, so compelled to, like, spend time with her and be drawn to her. And I'm, like, have we learned anything about Evelyn that warrants that at all? Well, I mean, she does have a weird fascination with water. And, like, I'm going to give it to Jared. If he had seen any more of her speaking or thinking about water, I think I would be a little bit concerned as well. But, like, he doesn't know that. Like, she, But he, he keeps coming. Summer. But he keeps coming mm-hmm. back to her. So, like, yep. what about Evelyn (laughs) is drawing him in that is like are her blue green eyes just that pretty that he can't stay away like I just don't unless there's magic which is likely they're probably faded loves um but it's just so it's so crazy and then like everything with Madison like she's so intense and bitchy and it's Evelyn has done nothing wrong Except for interrupting her in class. That was rude. But otherwise, Evelyn has done absolutely nothing wrong. A, another boy is showing interest in her. And she's getting blamed for it. And it frustrates me to no end. Because we should not blame women for when men show interest in them. It is not their fault. 
Okay, sorry, rant I over. Just, but, like, also on the topic of Madison and the fact that she is redhead and we are constantly being reminded that she is redhead up until we find out her name, there is something about YA books and redheads. Either they are the her- heroine of heroine, they're the heroine of the book, or they are the, like the arch enemy. There, yep. there is no in between for redheads. Like these poor redheads in YA books suffer. Yeah, <laughs> just be way. a cool friend. It's not like it's ridiculous. Nope. Oh, I know. It's so frustrating. Okay, but Evelyn in the library. What are your thoughts on the the history of the Colmburys and the magic magic book? It was I was I'm gonna be honest, like I love the, that sort of history, right? So like she was talking about it and I was kinda like, Oh yes, feed me more and then she was like and then the bell tolled and I was like, No <laughs> Let me hear more about this tale. Like it was actually really interesting, kind mm-hmm. of strange. Um, the fact that there would only be one person, I don't remember what his name was, who actually bore heirs after the tragic fire. It was Murden, um, right? Yeah, that guy. Um, so I don't know what that, like, that's kind of why I want to know more. Like, what does that actually mean, though, for all yeah. of these heirs? Well, yeah, and it's so me. interesting how they kind of, like, whittled everyone down in the book. So it's like, two people died mm-hmm. in infancy, three people died of the plague. <laughs> Yeah. And then <laughs> three more. I'm dying. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's three really more people. You. I know. <laughs> I know. Three more people died in a fire that was set by the youngest, which based on the chronological order of how they listed out all the names, I think Murden was the youngest boy. So that must mm-hmm. have been him that accidentally set the fire, which happens, right? It happens in Little House on the Prairie. It can happen in 500 AD. <laughs> it happens. Um, but so three more people perish in this hay fire. And then one girl goes to a nunnery and the other boy marries a beautiful woman who refuses to bear him heirs. And so he's just like living blissfully worshiping at the feet of this woman for the rest of his life, which like not a bad deal. Like no, I support yeah. it. But just I like... Too so explicitly non-baby forming which is to your point exactly very strange yeah exactly and then also very strange that evelyn's like yes i read this book that had no pictures about these people i've never heard of before and then she goes home and dreams about them yeah that is really really weird i mean i don't always dream in pictures but it is very very weird yeah i would like to know more though i think I really liked Eowyn's story in that. It's kind of tragic, really. Yeah. You know? It is, for sure. Yeah. But, but I want to know more. Like, why did they have to have the bell toll? I know. I was <laughs> like... like that is, is that even a three-hour story? Like, how long does it take for her to read? This girl. It's a good question. I know. I literally put in a comment. I was like, rude. This story is getting so good. Why are you ending mm-hmm. it? Um, Which is is crazy uh but okay i have a question for you because obviously we have the answer to this in question six so i can like ask you this now but when you were reading chapter five did you or was it chapter four was the library in chapter four four mm-hmm. four okay so in chapter four did you um know that the like librarian who took the book back from her was going to be like do something nefarious with it and like hide it or did you think it was just like totally normal 
I, it was definitely weird because I kind of agreed. Well, first of all, the fact that the librarian was like, go put it back yourself. I was like, no librarian is going to make you do that. Like the librarian, it's part of their job to put the books back because they want to put it back in the right place. Right. They get very, like, they get really annoyed when they're not in the right place for a good reason. Because then it's hard to find. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like weird in the first place. But then, yeah, I mean, without Evelyn's commentary about how it was strange that she suddenly changed her mind and was like, I'm going to put it back for you. Um, I mean, Evelyn thought that she was thinking the librarian was um, thinking she was stealing it, but it was kind of weird, that whole interaction. Um, I don't think that I mean, I think I thought maybe that wasn't supposed to be in circulation in the first place um, or like in the stacks at all. Yeah. So. Which I think is true. Surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But like it also just adds to the mystery of everything else that is surrounding Jared. Because clearly a lot of the mystery that we've been like hearing rumbles about kind of have now something to do with Jared. And like through these extra three chapters, like we're learning that there's something to do to protect Jared, right? He has, like, four friends with him at all times who seem more like bodyguards than friends, and they even go running with him in the morning, and Madison has a tattoo of his family crest on his arm and is, like, willing to die for him, and he was arguing with a professor who seems to know a lot about his life in an intimate way. So it's just, like, very sketchy. (laughs) So it seems like this old librarian is also in on it. Um... Which is crazy. So I, the thing I did like about the dream, though, that she had about Eowyn and Martin is, like, the way that it was described is it was almost like the passing of magic, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting because she's like, as her lips touched his skin, part of her golden radiance passed to him. And oh, she yeah, was described as yeah. being angelic. And I know we're not in pop culture yet, but it felt very, like, shadow huntery almost where like that angelic yeah. essence is being like passed to the children of the angels um so i thought that that was super interesting you know i'm not even sure that happens I, it's been years since i read um the shadow hunters like the actual book series mm-hmm. i think that's something that the tv show must have added because i don't think i even remember that in the books i mean maybe it is and i just like went through them so fast because it was like what six books long well uh, i've never read the books <laughs> i don't um, even know if it really happens in the tv show it's more just like that's a vibe i get from that series mm. that like they're filled with this angelic essence because yeah. they are half angel half human so I don't know, just a vibe. I get weird vibes all the time, though. Um, Jamie Campbell Bower, who was, um, what's his name in the movie? I mean, he is half angel in my mind. He is beautiful. I know, I know how much you love him. Play that part above anyone else. That's like why I couldn't make it through the show. I was like, I like this other dude, but man. I honestly think that if you took the show. And cast Jamie Campbell Bower as Jace and then left the rest of the cast the same. Yes. 100%. The show would be perfect. Perfect. But like I do like the guy who plays him in the TV show also. So he Dominic can get cast in another yeah. yeah, he can get cast <laughs> in another role. <laughs> well, you know what? We will always have Jamie Campbell Bower in Twilight, and we will always have mm-hmm. him in Harry Potter. So like yes. he's 
in most of our favorite franchises already. He, he really, like, got in there. He, he like, got around uh-huh. in that fantasy. Like, YA <laughs> fantasy is... To avoid me. <laughs> True. We can't. We can't. We just love him so much. Um, yeah. Also, has nothing to do with this book. No, that's fine. I'm sure tangent. everyone that's listening has read and watched all of these things, too, if they're into the same stuff that we are. Um, which I still need to really read the Shadowhunters books. Like, I... City of Bones is... Re- reread them. It's been a while. But I need... I think maybe if I can finish Rick Riordan this year, then maybe 2021 will be my Cassandra Clare year. Mm. And then 2022, I can do all the Rick Riordan imprints. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you're all of the for a other long time. books that I read. I read so many books. I just got a notification from the library that it's like, the hate you give is ready for you to borrow. And I was like, crap. I thought that was going to be ready in six weeks. I placed is the hold today. Back to the topic. <laughs> yes. So we start off basically her talking to Felix. And she resents his tone. <laughs> But chokes it down, and I'm like, girl, express your discomfort, please. Please. Just anything. Well, I just love that, like, I didn't read his tone as being anything other than friendly, and then it said it, and she was like, oh, I'm so annoyed. And I was like, I had to go back and reread that, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I can see where you're coming from, but <laughs> it didn't sound nasty. <laughs> Well, it's it's only know. turns nasty when he talks about Jared. And so he started talking yes. about Jared and then it got yeah. nasty. And she's just like, N- I didn't do anything. Madison already came at me. Why are you coming at me? Like, I've known you for two days. It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get exactly to your point earlier when you were doing the summary. Like, we finally get some British behavior. In here, where she's like, that's nice of you, but you don't have to come with me. Surely you have better things to be doing. And I'm like, the most British response to not wanting someone to spend time with you. Yeah. Is putting it back on them. Say it. No. And then he's like, no, it's fine. I'd love to. And it's like, ugh. God. Um, And then they're in class, and she shushes Felix when he tries to talk through class again. And I just really loved... Um, this is very minor, but it's Colin behind her, giggling at her her shushing Felix, and, um, I just really love that the translator chose to use the word giggling, because I just love when a man's laughter is described as giggling. (laughs) It just brings me joy. I know, when I think of giggling, I'm like, in my mind, there's a sound like, and I'm like, oh, no. And I just, I love that it's, like, not gendered in this case. Because I feel like giggling yeah. is normally such a gendered term. It's a and I'm feminine like, term. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, no, let this big, buff, blonde man giggle. Let him live his life. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think giggling is much more, in my mind at least, it's a little bit more menacing than I think the alternate, which would be chuckle. Like, a giggle is much more like, oh, oh, I'm in on it, versus chuckle where you're like, oh, that's kind of amusing. Right. So. That's true. That's a good distinction. Um, and we learn that she's still obsessed with Jared, 
and that book yep. and everything to Why do with you're Jared. Why so obsessed with me? Yep. And then it's like weird because we find out the librarian hid the book. We don't know where or why and it's super strange. But so it's interesting like the fact that Evelyn can't let anything go that she learns about Jared. Like the more she learns about him she's so drawn to it and like needing to learn more that I think we're finally starting to get the sense that she doesn't actually have any control over this it's attachment. It's like a real true obsession, like magical obsession. Almost. Right, exactly. It's a magical obsession. It's not it's just not her Felix. being like a cute boy. <laughs> right, it's not Felix being a creep. But it's interesting because it's almost like the magical connection. It's like you have this like faded connection. How much of that is real and how much of that can be like a metaphor, you know, for like actual obsessions and the fact that they're so compulsive that you feel like you have no control over them it's just i don't know magic okay what are your thoughts on colin okay first of all okay i have something i'm gonna leave to the uh to the pop culture portion but i actually really like him i'm always kind of like when people are like you can trust me i'm like well automatically i'm not gonna trust (laughs) you so i am like a little bit wary of him you're hesitant yeah he seems nice. Like, he seems pretty decent. He's not being annoying like Felix. Um, and, like, he, when, what, in chapter six, I know I'm jumping ahead, but, like, with the whole pool scene and Sally, like, he doesn't just say, Sally, Pool's still chapter five. Go away. Oh, is that? Okay, great. Party's um, chapter six. <laughs> I, like, they all blur together. I don't know where one ends and the other begins. Fair enough. Uh, so, when Sally and... Uh, Sally is getting introduced to him like he doesn't brush her off he could easily be like Madison and just be like I don't have time for you go away like you're beneath me like she has purple hair this girl is not a normal student no (laughs) she's a weirdo Um, so like kind of from that small interaction I'm automatically like oh he could be okay but again kind of weird that he's like I'm on your side and like Evelyn's like what the heck is going on (laughs) somebody explain this to me well also he's like I'm on your side little one I'm like oh yeah that was are you weird more than a year older than her like Like, but it it just kind of reinforces this potential like I don't want to say stereotype because stereotype's not the right word but this um sort of like character trait mm-hmm. of like being the big brother like he feels very yeah. big brothery well um that's the thing is like i wonder what the actual original german is because they do use klein like as a sort of cutesy term to yeah. talk about people like i'm Yuliashin, like or um stuff like that you know kind of cutesy terms um or they add, so, like, it couldn't maybe isn't even Klein if he's just, like, saying something mm-hmm. and then adds, like, LLA to the end of it at, like, a southern yeah. diminutive. Because remember, she's from southern Germany. So that if she adds true. that southern diminutive in the way that we would say, like, you know how, like, okay, German lesson for all of our listeners who don't know about what we're talking about. But there's a lot of, similar to, like, how there is in Russian and in Spanish, you have diminutives as well in German um, in the dialects. And so the normal word for girl, for example, is mädchen, um, mm-hmm. which already, shin is kind of a diminutive in and of itself, but I won't get into yeah. that. Um, but then if you look at the word 
in like southern German, like we would say, my family would say Mädele as like a little girl. Um, and so that le at the end is a diminutive to indicate sort of like size or age or whatever it may be. Um, so you can add that same sort of like ending as you would in like Spanish. It's like ito or ita, I think, is like the diminutive in Spanish. Like when you add that to something, it just normally adds like that little one kind of context, but it's not as like weird as if you say it in English. I just looked this up because I was really curious. Um, Fraulein? I'm wondering if like they said Fraulein because that's pretty common. Um, oh. Like, oh Fraulein and like that could mean little one if you translated it in a certain way. Are people in 2015 still using the word Fraulein? I mean with this book who knows. <laughs> I, like, really regret that we didn't get the German copy to, like, check these things. But it's fine. It's fine. I hope she's not using Fraulein. Because that would make me a little... (laughs) Look and see, Sarah. I'm going to look it up later so we can check back and see if I can purchase it. Now I'm really interested. (laughs) Anyway. Anyways. So... Felix asks Evelyn out on a date. Thankfully, she finally has common sense. Kind of. She's like, mm, a date? <laughs> Thinking about it. Not a good idea. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, invite Sally. So you're not completely rude to your supposed friend. But also, don't be anywhere alone with him. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Because he stresses me out. Um, and... Then we get to the pub, they're playing pool, we see them playing pool, and blackout. And it's like, this magic is escalating. (laughs) Like, at first it was just flickering lights, and now we're causing snowstorms and blackouts? So, is it a sign that their feelings for each other are, like, getting stronger? See, this is why I want to know. Is it the two of them converging and their powers are just... Like, who together, they're the power couple. The power, well, so let's be real. Do we think Evelyn has any water powers other than just being a really good swimmer? Hmm. She may. I don't know. Because yeah. otherwise, I would hope that she learns how to use her powers so she's not so sad all the time. <laughs> this poor girl. Oh. She's just, like... Ugh, miserable. And then Jared just disappears. Like, completely disappears. And this is kind of... Kind of a pop culture reference, so I'm sorry. But also not. I was just... I, like, my note... I was like, okay, Frodo, did you put the ring on? (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Or Bilbo. (laughs) Pick a hobbit. Any hobbit. Imagine this is actually just a Lord of the Rings fan fiction. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I love it. Um, okay, notes. Here, I just have so many, I have so many notes about how much I hate Felix. Um, oh, so yeah, he same. asks every chapter, like, dude, why are you still here? <laughs> Seriously. You are irrelevant. Can we be done with you? But so he asks the question, he's like, is there someone you left behind there? Something, 
special and my note is literally just a puke emoji like i <laughs> didn't even have actual commentary yeah. just bleh. i i have nothing i have no acknowledgement in my notes to that because i was like yeah i'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen because that is beyond weird and that's a red flag <laughs> well and then and Emily, then like right after that she's like no there's no one left for me there. And she's, like, super sad. Like, it's very obvious that she's sad. And he's, like, relieved and smiles at her. And she's, like, doesn't he hear this sadness in my voice? Or am I that good at hiding my feelings? And it's, like, no, Evelyn. He's after one thing. And he's ignoring all other things about you. Yeah. Girl. Red flags. Your sadness is very obvious. Like, extremely obvious to everyone else. Jared knows that you're sad, and he doesn't know anything about you. So. Mm-hmm. Red <laughs> flags. And then, I think she what? She, like, asks Colin. I need to find the context for this, because I did not highlight enough. Um, oh, she shoots a pool ball into a corner and then misses her next shot and Colin says not bad and Felix glares at him and I'm like Felix yeah he is possessive AF like Like, what is this jealousy (laughs) also he's clearly into Sally nice to her (laughs) well and it's like it's one thing if like he's clearly flirting with her and like encroach I mean still not okay but if he's like encroaching on what Felix considers his territory like I can at least somewhat rationalize Felix getting upset, even though it's still not justifiable. But Colin is clearly into Sally, and yeah. he clearly has friend vibes with Evelyn. And is she not allowed to have other friends? No, because Felix is possessive. Well, I think it's this man thing, too, where, like, sorry to generalize about men here, but, like, <laughs> like I think men, they don't, they just, they're kind of selfish and or self-centered in the way that, like, when they see another man even just talking to a woman, I mean, not all men are like this, but a lot of men are. True. <laughs> um, they, they're very selfish and think, like, oh, like, because this is my woman, everybody wants her, and, like, they don't think about the context of the situation at all. They just immediately think, like, oh, yeah, I have great taste. Which, like, flattering for the woman, but <laughs> questionable. Like, literally. Maybe that's just a trope and that is, like, an unnamed trope. I don't know, but. <laughs> no, that's, like, 100% a thing because after I finished reading the nonfiction book I'm reading today, I um, took a break and I was like, mm, I'm going to watch something mindless. I'm going to watch Love Island. So I was watching Love Island, which is a reality TV show, and literally this Love one Island. guy it's great, right? Um, <laughs> this one guy, Benny, asked out this girl, Sally, on a date. And Benny was new to the villa, and Sally had been, like, the most coupled up with this guy named Johnny. And Sally has a really good date with Benny, and she gets along with him, and she's like, I'm not just going to be a bitch to him. Like, I want to give him a fair shot and like, getting to know him, but also, like, I'm 100% still committed to Johnny. And so she tells Johnny this, and she's like, Johnny, I had a really good chat with this guy, and he's really nice, and the conversation flowed really easily, but I'm still 100% committed to you, but I didn't want to be a bitch to him and, like, make him feel unwelcome, and so I left it open there that, like, things were okay, and it was okay for him to want to talk to me, and I, like, respected that he 
respected all the things about me that he listed off as to why he wanted to go on a date with me. And Johnny's like, well, if you're not into him, you need to go tell him that you're a hundred percent committed to me and blah, blah. And just like goes off on her. And she's like, I don't need to go ruin his day after one conversation and then be a bitch and be like, I can't date you because Johnny's not comfortable with me talking to you. Like, it was so possessive. And I'm like, Johnny, you're not normally like that. Get it together and stop being jealous because you're dealing with your own insecurities, sir. It's like animalistic instincts or something. I don't get it. I don't get it It's so annoying. Um, not that I have a lot of experience with it myself, but as someone who, like, does not date, but, it like, it's annoying even just to, like, read and watch, because it it's, is. it's stupid. It's so stupid. I thankfully yeah. don't have too much experience in this, because most of the guys that I've dated in my life have been betas, so, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> I'm, none of them are listening to this podcast, so they can't be offended. <laughs> I love this. But they are. <laughs> oh, I have had many great conversations about some of the guys that you have dated, and I can vouch that that is true. <laughs> Literally every single one is oh, a beta, yeah. except for maybe the LA guy. He may not be a beta, but everyone else is. <laughs> no, he was. He was just on his own level. It was very. <sighs> he was a lone was wolf. Intense. We can call him that an omega. Like, that was like your like passionate love affair you know that was my rom-com story yeah, exactly that didn't like, turn out well for fun me. for me to hear about i was like i've never met this guy i'm never gonna meet him but cool yeah so that for context so nice. for context for the listeners i had a whirlwind romance with a guy mm-hmm. after meeting him on vacation in morocco and like, it obviously great. it obviously did not last he lived in la i lived in <laughs> philadelphia and then new york um, but it was great while it lasted, and he was lovely, and I have nothing but good things to say about him. It just wasn't the right time for us, so. Oh, well. Life goes on. Did I tell you he's married now? Yes, you did. Uh, Life moves on. Sadness. Oh, I have to give up hope. Could you it's imagine fun. yourself married, though, right now? Yes and no. Like, my life would clearly be way different, but I could picture it it would just be weirder yeah Yeah. I'm glad I'm not let's put it that way like I'm very glad I'm not (laughs) married right now yeah (laughs) I like not having to talk to men all day it's lovely yeah same but I haven't really made a lot of effort so I'm on a different kind of side to that fair that's that's fair well, we'll figure it out at some point someday, eventually. You'll fall in love with a Canadian, I'll fall in love with a tech bro, and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to fall in love with a tech bro. <laughs> I can I mean, see that for you. I it's the Bay that. Area. I don't know yeah. what other options there are. <laughs> I think it would be a great match. I would love to see it. It's either a tech bro or a venture capitalist, and I pick tech bro over venture capitalist. <laughs> I feel like, like, tech bros i mean i for some reason i feel like i know a lot of these types of tech bros and they're all like nice people that's what Mm -hmm. you need it's like you just need a nice guy who's exciting and passionate about his tech job (laughs) i need a guy who loves computers who is willing to teach me how to play dungeons and dragons because i really want to learn and who will also hike with me on the weekends and that is san francisco tech bros 
Oh, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Me too. Let's hope this journey works out <laughs> post-coronavirus. Uh, okay, Anyways, back on, on topic. <laughs> so, uh, so Felix is annoying. Felix new? is annoying. Um, oh yeah, he kisses her cheek and brushes her hair when he drops her off. I was like, I would have slapped him at that point. I was right? so annoyed with that. That's out of out of bounds you don't do that personal boundaries space like it's one personal boundaries are very important in america but they're Mm -hmm. very important in britain people don't touch in britain Mm -hmm. why do you think all of those dances in pride and prejudice times where they don't touch were invented they don't touch (laughs) no touching till marriage (laughs) come on feelings so basically the entire British uh, nation, if you will, I, that was incorrectly worded, but all of <laughs> England. Okay, there we go. And Scotland <laughs> and Wales. Yes. Well, I'm leaving them out of it because I know Scotland is trying so hard to join the, the European Union again. Okay, so Scotland. Okay, I, and I Wales. respect that. Yes, England and Wales. Wales. So just, just England and Wales. They are very they're all oh what's the word that i'm looking for i don't know they're not virgins but <laughs> they're all they they prize their chastity mm-hmm. you know they're not that's like, what we're getting from this it's true it's true which I know we're wrong. I'm sorry to any British people that we're offending right now. I really Listen, love your country. British people, we love you so much. Whether you're a prude or you're the most promiscuous person on the planet, mm-hmm. we 100% support you. But my, my I think... actual view of Britain is skins, which is the opposite of prudish. That's <laughs> promiscuous, yes. Yes. 100%. But we love you either way. All we're saying is we don't want men to touch you without your permission. Which yeah. goes for every country. That was a very roundabout way of saying. <laughs> I, that's where you were getting at. <laughs> it's late, you know. It's true. It's it's fine. Um, also, I just want to reiterate, I love Colin. Oh, yeah. I'm, except for, like, the fact that he is not clearly telling her anything, but, like, is telling her something, like, that part annoys me. Well, he's clearly yeah, bound he's a good guy. by something. Like, there's a reason he's not telling her. I think if he could, he would. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just really love the way that he speaks. Like, he's not trying to get her on his side or convince her of one thing or the other. Like, he literally says, don't let anyone convince you of things and form your own opinions of people. Because he's shitting on Felix. Because Felix is like, the Gomberries suck. All these guys suck. Only poor people are good. And it's just like... Such an unnuanced opinion. And again, Felix is looking for pity sex. Like, clearly that's why he's doing this. But I just love that Collins, like, every person actually has nuance. And you should make that decision on your own as to whether or not you like them. And I'm like, yes. Yes, Colin. Mm-hmm. I support this. So, yeah, that's chapter five. <laughs> oh, my lone reaction to chapter six. She is doing to Jared what Felix is doing to her. But I think we've established 
that it's not as creepy because like there's clearly something underneath all of this that's pulling her towards Jared and like Jared's clearly having the same reaction. Pull back. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of what exactly. And I would like to know. (laughs) It's true. That is, that is true. This is also where you get the good quote about the fact that the guys he surrounds himself with are not his friends, but his bodyguards, which I'm like, Evelyn, astute observation. Yes. Um, And then she also says, the force of attraction he exercised over me, despite his apparent disinterest, (laughs) was almost magical. And that was definitely not good for me. And I was like, okay, chapter six, you're really spelling it out for us, aren't Mm -hmm. you? Like, if we weren't picking up on the clues before... They're just getting thrown in our face. Because <laughs> Evelyn's yeah. being so astute in this chapter, which I love. Um, I do worry about the fact that she's spending her six weeks, like, instead of focusing on class, figuring out how to tune out noises so that she can focus on just Jared's yeah. voice. I, I was like, what? Maybe that's her magic power. <laughs> Here I am in, like, the pandemic looking up YouTube videos on ambient cafe noises, and she's like, I can only focus on Jared. All these ambient noises must go away. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> I don't know how to focus that hard. Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, Though, okay, and then they do all their stuff. I had, like, no comments early on half of this chapter, but, like, they do all their studying, blah, 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 and then Felix wants her to go to this party, and she's like, I was pretty beat. But I didn't want to be a stick in the mud either. Oh, fine. I said giving in. But just one. And I was like, I literally, my comment, I was like, oh, I was the exact opposite of this. I was the stick in the mud and had no worries about being that person. I was like, I'm not going to this party. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Which you can remember from Middlebury. (laughs) I would just have fond memories. Like, literally, half of our brief summer together in (laughs) college when we were together I was like sitting in a corner like probably reading a book to be honest ignoring everything that was yeah very likely in German (laughs) ignoring everything going on around me sometimes people would ask me a question and I'd answer and then I'd go back to doing whatever I was doing and just ignore the party and then I played sober mom so I just like took care of everyone if they got too drunk Ah, it was such a good summer, though. It, it was, was. It was a functional kind of f- friendship that everyone had, though. Like, the entire school. Because, we all like, got along. There were people like you who, like, didn't mind being that mom figure, um, which I don't think we would have survived otherwise. <laughs> like, I would have been. who else was going to drive two of our drunk friends to McDonald's at midnight to get their, their drunk food? Right, they just really task. needed french fries. Really so that was my role. <laughs> Freshman summer was I just drove people to McDonald's I to get like french fries. I feel like you enjoyed it, though. You I did, it was fun. That. Except yeah. for when they started making out in the back <laughs> That was so good. <laughs> oh, man. Was not, I mean, I knew they were together, but, like, guys, <laughs> I'm not an Uber driver. I'm like, I have to live with you. Come on. <laughs> Wait, was it just you and them? Was there no one in the front seat with you? It was just the three of us, because they were the two that wanted McDonald's, and they both sat in the back seat together. I was That's like an so Uber driver. Funny. 
<laughs> I like I vaguely remember them. Like I just remember that so well. But like I only vaguely remember them asking to like be taken to McDonald's, um, and then you kind of giving in to them after a while. But like for some reason, I thought in my mind up until now that somebody else had been there. Like I don't know who would have caught. It wasn't me. Nope. It was just um, the three of us. Well, and first they wow. were like, "We're gonna go to McDonald's." And get french fries. And they weren't thinking about, like, what that yeah. meant. And so I was very worried that they were going to try to drive themselves. So I tried to talk them out of McDonald's. And that didn't work. So eventually I was like, I'll drive you. <laughs> Just to be safe. Uh, but it's fine. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Then, okay, so she's at this party. She hasn't even seen Jared yet. She's like, my hands are I moist. here. If he's here, should I talk to him? We're at a party. Everyone's a bit relaxed. Maybe he won't avoid me. And I was just thinking the entire time. I'm like, were we like this in high school and college? I definitely was. At least in high school. I don't think in college. I mean, in college, I was surrounded by business dudes who are, I found out quickly, not my type. But like in high school, my crushes, 100% I did this at high school dances. At dances, but, like, this has also been six weeks of him ignoring her. So, I'm, like, were we ever this hung up on a guy that we, like, I'm, okay, that's fair. (laughs) Maybe, I probably was, too. I just don't remember it because I spent so much of my high school and college experiences in, like, in relationships that I don't remember those times outside of relationships. (laughs) I don't no, I was re- what is having relationships? a crush? So it happened to me a lot. That's fair. I just don't remember having crushes. Like I honestly can't. Oh, really? No. That's interesting. Cuz yeah. even when I had crushes, they talked back to me. Like there was clear mutual interest. So then I pined. But it's because there was mutual interest. Mm. Like I remember one yeah, time no, I went on a road trip. <laughs> I went on a road trip with the guy because we were going to an event in eastern Washington. And he drove both ways. And he picked the music on the way back. And then I got to do the playlist. Or he picked the music on the way there. And I got to pick a playlist on the way back. So the entire way there, I was crafting a playlist with specific songs to try to, like, psychologically trick him into liking me. Because I was weird. And so it was like... (laughs) It's a very high school thing, I feel like, though. It worked, though. Oh, It worked. So on the way back... I mean, we'd been... We had been flirting the entire summer. Like, we Skyped all the time. Like, we were very close. But on the way back from the thing... And he was spending the night at my house that night. Because otherwise it would have been too long of a drive for him to go home. Um... On the way back, like, 20 minutes from my house, he was like, why did you pick this playlist? And I was like, oh, it's just a playlist, you know? I, like, specially crafted it for this way home because I thought it would be songs that we'd both enjoy. And then he, like, asked me to be his girlfriend, and I was like, ah, my psychological trick worked. (laughs) It sounds cute up until you say it that way. (laughs) Well, and then when we got home and we were, like, officially dating, he was just like, you picked those songs on purpose to try to make me feel something, didn't you? And I was like, and it worked, didn't it? And he was like, yeah, it did. <laughs> I was Aww. like, ha I'm an evil Ravenclaw mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the extent that I went to. But it was never, like, 
long periods of time. I think that's the part that I'm still hung up on, is the long periods of time of pining. I had a crush, and I don't think there was a single person in my school who didn't know it, um, except for my parents, but they didn't go to school with me, and I didn't tell them anything. But I had one crush from probably, like, the beginning of middle school to maybe junior year of high school. And I, like, looking back on it, I really think that the only reason I had had this crush in the first place was because he kind of looked like Zac Efron. <laughs> and that was right after High School Musical came out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally my type. And, like, we had, like, spoken. He had just moved to Middlebury, and we had, like, spoken some stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's small town. Like, it's few picking, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and... But we never really talked. Our friend group, like, it's a small, like, grade of students, but we didn't have a lot of, like, classes together. Our friend groups weren't close at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of like me being like, oh, he's really beautiful from afar. Now I look back on that and I'm like, he didn't, I'm sorry to this guy who, if he ever for some reason listened to this, to, to this podcast, will know it's him. But, like, <laughs> he didn't have a personality at that time. So I'm, like, not really sure why it lasted that long, aside from the fact that he kind of reminded me of Zac Efron. Well, and we were hung up on High School Musical then, so it makes sense. We were. I still am. I still love High School Musical. <laughs> Fair. I went to the concert. That was my first concert, was the High School Musical concert. I can't even I judge you. I can't even judge you because I went to the Cheetah Girls in Hannah, Montana. So, well, Oh, my gosh. Cheetah Girls? Yes. I would have loved that, too. It was amazing. It's the only time I could ever afford to see Miley Cyrus in concert. Oh. (laughs) As Hannah Montana. As Hannah Montana. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Honestly, that's the only reason I would want to see Miley Cyrus in concert, I think, nowadays. Um, But we did, in freshman year of college, we ran into Miley Cyrus at Topshop because of me. Because I was the one out of my friend group who wanted to go to Topshop. And then my friend Christina, who you know... um, and who's hopefully listening hi christina hi christina (laughs) um she also went on that uh little shopping excursion and we ran into miley cyrus and she got a photo with miley cyrus meanwhile like my friend eric and i were just standing there like this is so cool but yeah not really our thing (laughs) fair fair um okay we got distracted again yeah um she's talking to jared at this party i'm in love with jared you're probably still weirded out by how intense he is <laughs> is that a fair yes that is a fair assumption um there's a lot of unnecessary angst in their conversation like i'm sorry mm-hmm. but you can't be like are you happy and then say can you be happy when what you desire most will bring you to your doom like jared you're at Ew. a dorm party <laughs> i need you to just like Take it down 20 notches. And then Evelyn's Uh, like, does this have something to do with me? And I'm like, obviously. Like, (laughs) 100% it has something to do with you. And then there's a lot of destiny magic between the two of them. And let's see what else. Colin's super cryptic and vague. And Jared keeps avoiding her. And then Felix manhandles her. So back to hating Felix. Like, stop giving him chances. He literally hurts you, doesn't care that it hurts you, doesn't ask you what you want, and then proceeds to introduce you to his friends and show you around his dorm that you don't care about. 
He's terrible. I hate him. <laughs> yep. And then she runs into Madison, and Madison has the Calmbury Crest, which it's like, if we didn't think that there was a secret society behind all these secrets, hopefully now, now you have clued in that there is a secret <laughs> society behind all these secrets, and it has something to do with Jared's family. Um, and... Again, more, like, faded magnetism between the two of them. But also, like, I feel like he's very sweet to her. Like, he's very gentle. He's very kind. And she spent so much time being accosted by Felix that she deserves Mm -hmm. kindness. And I think at least, despite Jared's, like, crypticness and weirdness, every time he is with Evelyn, he's kind. Yes, that is true. He is very gentle with her. But also, how does he know where she lives? Why does everyone know everything about her life? Like, how does this girl have no privacy? Aren't there yeah. privacy laws in Europe? Like, come on. She should have consented to her data being harvested. God. <laughs> Makes me upset. Uh, <laughs> we had a very long um, commentary segment today. <laughs> We did. Oh, my God. There's a lot to unpack in these three chapters. We just, there's, like, this book, even though it's kind of trash, I really love it. Like, I, there's just so yes. much about it that I adore. Um, yes. Well, it's a real roller coaster. A <laughs> lot of emotions. It's true. Okay. Pop culture. Julia, what pop culture references do you got from chapter four for us? I only had one. Um, okay. <laughs> it wasn't that exciting. But I think I brought it up last time. There's this German series called Ruben Root. Um, mm-hmm. And it features a mean redhead who is in on something that the main character doesn't really know a whole lot about. Like, she knows there's something going on, but she doesn't know why. And this redhead, her name is Charlotte, also this, like, very generic girl's name, right, mm-hmm. is, like, very mean to her, like, she is with this hot guy also in the book um i mean more so in ruben roth than in the concealed but like it's an intense exchange that the protagonist of that series has and i just find it funny that she's also a redhead like what is it about german authors and redheads like what did they do to them (laughs) i want to know (laughs) they're probably jealous because if you've seen red hair in germany it's popular. It's popular, but it's always very badly box dyed. Like you don't That's see many true. natural redheads, That's like you really would in true. Europe, and, or in the UK. Sorry, and um, everyone in Germany really wants red hair, and they can never pull <laughs> it off. So it's probably probably like a jealousy thing where they're just like, we can't have red hair, so let's make them evil. Although I do think at the end of the series, Charlotte becomes an ally to the protagonist so it would kind of be nice if that happened here too <laughs> i would not mind that i like some girl power mm-hmm. yeah fair that's so that was my chapter four i will say i do think madison gets a little teensy bit better not a lot but a little teensy bit better um my comment around madison is just like in general i feel like madison is a name associated with redheads yeah it in really pop culture is. Because, like, my, the place my brain first went was The Secret Life of the American Teenager because oh one of God. the girl's best friends is a redhead named Madison. Yeah. And she's also kind of rude. And I'm just like, oh, why is this a thing? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt very weird. Um, 
at the very beginning of the chapter, she's just, like, wandering about in the picturesque snow-covered Oxford, and there was something about, like, her just being super into the snow and the historic area that reminded me of Lorelai and Gilmore Girls whenever she, like, sees snow in Connecticut. And I was like, oh, this feels like home. I love this. Also, kind of like Hogwarts at Christmas. Um, (laughs) Like, the imagery and stuff was very, I'm into it. I did think, I kind of talked about this earlier, how much, like, I love that Jared's a cross-country runner. But... You this love is, cross, cross country. I do, runners, so. I do. But this is all. This is a lack of a pop culture reference because I try. I like racked my brains to try to think of any YA book that has like a cross country male protagonist, and I couldn't think of one. I was like, everyone's like a football player or a baseball player. Football. It, that's the popular. Football's one. big. Baseball though. There's a lot of baseball. Those are like the American sports, and so it's like you get a lot of YA protagonists that are in those sports, but you never get cross-country runners. And I'm like, I feel bad that there aren't pop culture references that come to mind. I want that for them. Um, Oh, every time Evelyn talks about her love of swimming, I just was thinking of John Dee from Boys Over Flowers, like, doing laps in the pool. I thought about that, too. That's so funny. I was Um, like, I guess a swimmer girl. John D had to like do that to survive. This girl is just like, I love water. <laughs> but John D was like a little water. Like she didn't actually that wasn't part of her scholarship. It just made her feel better. I thought that was that was the reason that like part of the reason they gave her the scholarship was that she was gonna join the swim team. That was false pretenses though. They gave her the scholarship so they could make the bad press about her, the boy trying to commit suicide go away. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Which was episode one, so, like, do we even yeah, remember any of that? Yeah, no, not really. Um, I feel like you also probably had this comment, but, like, with the book magic and, like, the shocking her, where, like, she felt drawn to one specific book at, late at night was, like, very reminiscent of the restricted section in Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, I actually have that. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, uh, like, the movie version where you have the book that screams at you. Like, yeah. the imagery was just very similar. And then, um, lastly, with Eowyn and Murden, Eowyn is the name of the blonde, like, human lady in Lord of the Rings that fights with the the men of Rohan. Um, But Eowyn, as described in the book, was very, like, it reminded me of more, like, elfish, like Arwen from Lord of the Rings. And so, like, the name triggered Lord of the Rings for me, but then I was like, but she seems more like Arwen than well, oh, and so that's that's interesting because um, I didn't think much of it until you talked about it. Um, but I've been watching The Last uh, Kingdom on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, which is, is mm, kind of based on real life events back in you know a long, long time ago. Yep. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people who have that kind of name, but I'm trying to think of one in particular. Um, she is, I don't think her name was Eowyn, but it's, where is this? Let well, it see. seems like a pretty common Welsh name, probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I can't find it right now, but I'll, I'll find it for later. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a pretty common name. It's just, like, I associate it so much with Lord of the Rings that it, like, triggered a Lord of the Rings memory for me, especially with, like, the dream sequence and everything. Like, it just felt 
the whole description of Eowyn felt very much like Arwen for yeah. me. Um, with, like, the long black hair and the angelic aura. <laughs> like, she's an elf. <laughs> she's basically an elf. Um, but speaking of Welsh names, the whole, like, because obviously Jared Conbury's family seems like the history is probably a little bit more Welsh than pure Anglo-Saxon, like, Brit. And I then was like, hmm, how do we think this ties to Raven Cycle? <laughs> because it's Welsh. <laughs> and then I was, like, thinking about it. I was like, you know, this love triangle kind of oh, seems. No. <laughs> it does, though, like, if you take away how creepy Felix is, like, it yeah. very much is like the love triangle triangle and Raven Cycle, which I'm spoiler alert for people who have not read Raven Cycle, skip 30 seconds ahead. But like Adam is so into Blue, and Blue could not give two shits about Adam. And she's like, I really am into this other guy, Gansey. Like we feel drawn to each other, but like I shouldn't do anything about it. And he's the exact same way with her. And so they just like play around each other for whole books and then finally give in and then Adam is just there on the outskirts like someone love me and it felt very reminiscent of this current moment but obviously Adam's not as creepy as Felix but he can be aggressive you know like he has that anger streak in him so it just was like I love Adam though I do too. I love Adam way more than I love Felix because Adam is. Well, Adam had a lot of good character development throughout. He did, and he overcame his violent nature. Like he dealt with himself. Felix isn't doing that. There's no character growth for Felix. Um, Felix. Let's see what else. Oh, Sally's interest in Colin, like early on in chapter five, where she's like, "Introduce me to him. Introduce me to him," and she's like, "Well, I don't really know him that well." Like. He's Jared's friend, and I'm not really, like, that close with Jared yet. Like, I don't know what's going on until he's like, I need to meet him. Reminded me of early Vampire Diaries where Caroline is like, I need to meet Damon. And Elena's like, maybe not. (laughs) And she's like, no, but I need to jump his bones yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Because, again, I'm rewatching Vampire Diaries, so everything in my mind goes to Vampire Diaries. And then Colin reminded me of Emmett from Twilight. Like, a little hot-headed, but super loyal. The right level of flirty and, like, very big brotherly and, like, caring. Also, I think that's just how I assume all people who are, like, very muscly football player types (laughs) act. (laughs) Which is probably Um, wrong, but... Yeah. I've been having a name interference with Colin because, I mean... So I watch Pride and Prejudice religiously. I read it religiously. Yep. And I immediately think of Mr. Collins. <laughs> no! Humbling Mr. Collins that he is. So every time I read Colin, I'm like, oh, it's Mr. Collins. But it's not. He's so different from him. But, like, I just can't get it out of my head. I'm like, oh, oh no. That's yeah. not good. That is the wrong association to make. I yeah. think more of um, why my brain is broken. Hold on. Yes, Colin Morgan. Because then at least oh you God. have... Yeah. Like, if you're gonna make an yeah, association, 
think Colin Morgan, because A, it's the same first name, not a last name, and yeah. also at least you're mm-hmm. then staying with Arthurian mythology. <laughs> Which, oh, I love Colin Morgan. What a, what a baby, man baby. I love him. Oh, love him. But for those who don't know, Colin Morgan plays Merlin in the BBC show Merlin. Such a good Merlin. Um, and he's, he's the perfect Merlin. Merlin. I love him so much. He's the best. I like um, I want to adopt him. <laughs> there As you Merlin. go. Fair, I guess. Um <laughs> that's all I had for chapter five. Do you have anything else for chapter five? Uh no, I do not. Okay. Do you have anything for chapter six? I mean, I all I'm saying is the Mariah Carey song, Why You So Obsessed With Me, is my theme song for these three chapters. I support that. I think that's a fair theme song in multiple is, situations. In multiple ways, yes. Yep. yep. Nope, 100%. <laughs> But, like, um, the party scene also just reminded me generally of, like, every teen movie party scene. Like, yeah. for some reason, when I was reading it in my mind, I don't know if it's because I just rewatched it recently, I was picturing the Mean Girls party scene. Oh, yeah. That's fair. I don't, like, I need to disconnect from it, though, because it is the wrong environment for that to be living in my head. Well, also, like, that's a house party. This is a dorm party. Very different. Very different. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I, oh, I had more Twilight angst feelings with, like, Jared ignoring Evelyn and, like, purposely trying to avoid her. Felt very New Moon to me. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. Edward trying to leave Bella alone for her own good. And I'm like, this is bull. Like, you both want to be together. Just do it. Stop getting in your heads about it. Um, and then the whole thing where she's, like, muting out the ambient noise and, like, all of the hundred voices around her so she can focus <laughs> on Jared's. I just watched that new movie on Disney+, Plus, The Secret Society of the Second Born Royals, which, full alert, I watched because Skylar Aston plays a hot teacher and, like, <laughs> I love Skylar Aston <laughs> and I love hot teachers, so, like, I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, I just needed that content in my life, and it was very funny and adorable for, like, Disney Plus content. But one of the girls, so they all have superpowers, and one of the the main girl's superpower is super senses, and so one of the things that she has to do for her training to, like, heighten and focus in her super senses is she has to listen to, like, 40 disparate conversations all happening at once, and she's to, like, focus in on one and say what that person is saying so she can, like, heighten her super hearing, and I was like, Okay, I know I just watched this and then read this chapter, but, like, that felt oddly similar. Yeah. Probably not as intense. Um, also reminded me of Edward's mind reading, where he, like, has to tune out all of the people and focus on the voices that he wants to hear. True, yeah. Yeah. And then my last thing, I mean, this kind of goes across all the chapters, but, like, I feel like it's such, faded lovers is such a trope that you could probably paint so many comparisons to other, like, literary works, but there are, like, people who are fated to be together, which, again, I'm pretty sure at this point it's clear that Jared and Evelyn have, like, a magical fated attraction in some way, shape, or form that neither of them can really control. Um, Hopefully that's not a spoiler alert. (laughs) I think it's pretty obvious, but... It's very obvious. 
Okay, good. I mean, um, Evelyn might not be getting it, but we are getting it. Right. Well, she's even starting to get it. She's like, this feels magical, but like not in a good way. I'm like, that's correct, Evelyn. And I go back and forth on this trope because like it's such an easy plot device that it can sometimes feel a little bit lazy to invoke it. But also, I really love reading it, so I don't mind as long as you do it well. <laughs> um, and so... My biggest relation to this in pop culture, again, because I've been watching so much Vampire Diaries, um, is, like, you know when we get into, like, seasons four and five where we learn about Silas and Amara and, like, their immortality curse with the doppelgangers faded to, like, love, fall in love with one another? It was, like, reminiscent of that because clearly both of these people are descendant, descendants of other important people. And so, like, their bloodlines... And maybe this is slightly yeah. spoilery, so, like, apologies if it is. But their bloodlines are what's causing this magic connection, right? So that felt very similar to, like, the Stefan and Elena doppelgangers always falling in love yeah. because of their bloodlines. I Anyways, agree. that's all my pop culture commentary. I had a lot. I apologize. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, okay. So... MVPs. Julia, do you know who your MVP is? I'm gonna have to go with the obvious choice, Colin. I mean, I just, like, I think I'm so desperate. We have Sally, but, you know, I'm so desperate for a guy who, like, is genuinely nice to Evelyn, isn't being creepy, isn't ignoring her, and just, like, shows her respect that I'm like, oh, yes, finally, we have one guy who's okay i know it's like the bar is very low (laughs) the bar is absolutely low i I gotta give props to to colin for being also like being patient with the whole sally situation like good good for him oh he's the best um my initial thought was also to pick colin but i don't want to be boring (laughs) and pick the same person that you're gonna pick so i'm gonna go with sally because um two things one she's still warning evelyn about how creepy Mm -hmm. felix is and so i appreciate her being a good friend by like even though she's kind of joking she's still sending warning signals and it's evelyn's fault for not picking up on them to an extent (laughs) um but she's still trying and like sending those warning signals that like maybe don't be alone with him and like he's being creepy towards you like that's important and we should do that for our friends but also I 100% am, like, here for Sally going after what she wants and, like, chasing down the boy that she's into (laughs) and being upfront and honest about going after what she wants. Like, that's amazing. And if she's dating Colin, that brings Colin closer to Evelyn, and we love Colin. So, like, that's just a good time for everyone around. Yes, this is true. So... Our MVPs are the power couple of chapters four through six. Aww. <laughs> because Jared and Evelyn have not learned how to control their powers yet. No. Um, I also don't think we will ever have Evelyn be an MVP. No. I feel bad for I'm saying that. So our MVPs mm-hmm. are the power couple. We are geniuses for picking that. Um, I support us wholeheartedly in our <laughs> MVP decision making. So... What the listeners are obviously dying to hear next, Julia, is how you review these three chapters as a wine. As a wine, I would review this 
has an 8 out of 10 red burgundy. Like, there's a, I'm mostly doing this because of the whole backstory of the Combrays, which like clearly affected me greatly. Um, it's a very classic kind of story that they have. And the Burgundy is a very classic wine. It's a go-to wine. But there's a, a sense of like expensive mystery. And there's a lot of mystery in 4, 5, and 6. But we're starting to get to understand it better. It's starting to show its palettes a little bit more. Your palate is understanding it more, I should say. Um, so it's, it's pretty complex. But it's a very digestible kind of a wine, this, these three chapters. So, yeah, I would say it's an 8 out of 10 red burgundy. And I'm excited to see what comes next. <laughs> I support that. If we're getting 8 out of 10 this early on, that's a that's a good yeah. sign for this book. Because um, we haven't even seen Jared and Evelyn actually together yet. I know. Which, that may hit really well with you, or that may be very lackluster. We'll see how that yeah. goes. <laughs> can but, only go down from here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hopefully it can go up. Hopefully. Um, okay. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, so, couple of things. Obviously, if you want to follow us on social media or send us emails or talk to us about this book or other books that you'd like us to read or just have general discourse about books because both of us are constantly reading different things and so we are always looking for book recommendations or happy to provide recommendations to you if you have any questions. Um, I know at least one person that will be listening to this podcast gets like book recommendations from me <laughs> on the weekly so feel free to keep engaging with the podcast so we can keep giving you great book recommendations um but if you want to follow us on facebook or instagram just look for at unnecessary angst pod and then on twitter it's at unangst pod un angst pod twitter does not let us have long usernames and they hate us and it's fine and then if you want to send us I know, it's so rude. If you want to send us any emails or suggestions or commentary on books that we're talking about, you can email us at unnecessaryinkspod at gmail.com. And yeah, I don't know. Julia, do you have any books you'd like to recommend for our, our listeners before we log off? Oh, uh, normal people? I mean, I have been telling everyone and their parent to read Normal People by Sally Rooney. I would like die for this woman. <laughs> And then it got made into a TV show. It's an excellent TV show. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, read it or I will cry. That is okay. <laughs> fair My enough. Love is intense. That's fair. I the best book that I read recently, though. I'm always reading like five books at a time, so like this may change. I can um, vouch because of the amount of notifications. <laughs> Yeah, Julie and I shared a library card for half of our COVID quarantine, and so she got notifications on every book I was putting on hold at the library, and I have a problem. Because uh, that's just the books that I'm reading at the library, not the books I have in print. Yeah. I have problems. It's fine. I don't have a book addiction. <laughs> it's okay. I don't have a book TikTok. It's oh. Okay, actually, if you want to follow me on TikTok, where I post <laughs> book recommendations, you can follow me at Chantel Lamar. Uh, that's really easy to find, and I will post everything on TikTok once I've finished a book so you know how I feel about it. 
Um, but one of my most recent TikTok, book TikToks, is about a book called Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Barron. Um, this is great. I love fairy tale retellings in case you didn't pick up on the fact that I chose a modern day Arthurian adaptation <laughs> for our first book. Um, but this book is really well written. It has a lot of good commentary on like feminism and um, LGBTQ advocacy and also the fact that princes and fairy tales are not always the good guy and we shouldn't always give them the benefit of the doubt. And I just really loved it, kind of turning the fairy tale trope on its head and it was a glorious little read. So highly recommend. There are some parts of it that are a little clunky at times, but it was a good read overall and I think has a really powerful message. Don't read it if you don't want to read about domestic violence. Yeah, it's a content warning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a great place to end. Um, also, read all the Percy Jackson books because Rick Riordan is glorious, and I yeah, love him. Is obsessed. Is there a reason to not be obsessed though? Because they did make a movie, and <laughs> Logan Lerman was in it. So even though the movie was bad, we did get Logan Lerman content. Yes, he's kind of beautiful. Yes. So big Percy Jackson fan. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I just read YA books and children's books, and that's all I read. <laughs> or very dark nonfiction and The Witcher. Yes. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, but yeah, we thanks for listening to our extra rambly episode tonight, guys. Um, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.